Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode number 12, Women in Lock Sport. In today's episode, criminals pick locks, but how common is it? Packlock working with the community again, and women in lock sport. All right, links to all items discussed in the show will be in the show notes. For full show notes with links, you can visit www.thelocksportscast.com. You can find this show on most popular podcast apps, YouTube, and at thelocksportscast.com. For in addition to what we spoke about last week, where researchers can duplicate keys from the sounds they make in being inserted into locks, I'll have another link in the show notes. This one includes a video presentation by the researcher. And I thought you guys might get a kick out of watching that. In Locksport-related news this week, we have several lockpicking criminals, or potentially lockpicking criminals, whatever the case may be. El Dorado County Sheriff's Office reported that recently they contacted a Joseph Leonard who was parked in the greater Placerville area. He was known to the deputies, and when contacted, they searched his vehicle. During the search, they located several items suspected to have been stolen, including tools, a generator, paintball equipment, knives, and a cello. He was also in possession of lockpicking set and drugs. He was ultimately arrested for possession of drugs and burglary tools. The suspected stolen items were taken for safekeeping in the hope that the owners could be identified. We have another story entitled, Minor Traffic Stop Turns Into Major Trouble for Accused Thief in Stafford. Basically, they pulled over a vehicle that was missing the front license plate and had some other defective equipment, they say. I'm not sure what exactly that is. Probably lights. While the officer was dealing with the driver, a resident approached and told the deputy the vehicle that he had stopped had been involved in a burglary at his home a week earlier. The basic story is the, uh, I guess, the home was broken into, then the neighbor had some shots of a car that had been at his premises. When he was driving by and saw this vehicle stopped, he recognized the car, the missing plate and all that stuff, and contacted the deputy. And uh, police say subsequent to a search of the vehicle, they found a lock picking kit, multiple watches, a coin collection, a stamp collection, and the victim's checkbook inside the suspect's vehicle. Gary Loudermilk, 43, was charged with breaking and entering, grand larceny, possession of stolen property, possession of burglary tools, possession of stolen banknotes, possession of paraphernalia, and driving without a license. And he was placed in the local jail. So many criminals out there driving around with vehicles with defective equipment when they don't even have a driver's license and they've committed crimes. The intelligence level is just not there. And in a related article entitled, Do You Know What's Considered Property Crime in North Carolina? One of the items discussed here is burglary charges. Burglary charges in our state have several different degrees. The main factor influencing the charges is intent to commit a crime upon entry. Breaking and entering carries a charge of a Class 1 misdemeanor. A Class H felony charge will be filed for breaking and entering a building with intent to commit a felony or larceny. Class H felony charge also applies if the burglary included an intent to terrorize or injure the occupants of the building. A charge of burglary applies if you enter 
another person's home, vehicle, or workplace with the intent to commit a crime, a crime involving force or violence. Other reasons for burglary charges involve entering churches, motor vehicles, railroad cars, watercraft, aircraft, or forcing openings on coin or currency-operated machines. A Class I felony charge applies if you were armed with dangerous weapons, explosives, or lockpicking accessories when the burglary occurred. So basically, you can up your charge from potentially a misdemeanor up to a Class I felony in North Carolina if you are in possession of lockpicks when the crime occurs. Reminder to everybody that carrying picks does change the game. And in a more entertaining story, a mysterious giant safe appears in a farmer's field in upstate New York. I guess the farmer was away for a little while, and then when he came back, a, f a huge safe had been just dropped in his field with a note attached saying whoever could open it could keep what's inside. Locals and authorities both tried to crack the safe and failed. They took sledgehammer to it. They knocked the dial and the handle off. They worked on the hinges and really beat it up, basically, which is kind of sad because the truth is the safe is probably empty and the only thing of value was the safe. So... And I, I know around here, antique shops get a pretty penny for old safes. The larger, the more they cost, so it probably destroyed whatever value was there. The farmer has since removed the safe from the field and hidden it, and he just says it's better left alone. All right, and then somebody shared this with me. It's a Kickstarter for a Tamagotchi for Hackers by Flipper Devices, Inc., and it's called the... Flipper Zero. Their initial funding goal was 60000 with some extra bonus goals, all of which have been met because as of the recording of this, they have, rec they have had a pledged amount of $3.8 And there are still six days to go as of Saturday evening when I'm trying to record this. So what is the Flipper Zero? It is an open-source, customizable, electronic hacking device it's kind of weird and it's got a personality of a little dolphin uh character on there which is where they get the tamagotchi link but the the promised specifications on this thing are pretty amazing kickstarter says what is flipper zero flipper zero is a portable multi-tool for pen testers and hardware geeks in a tamagotchi like body it loves to explore the digital world around radio protocols, access control systems, hardware, and more. The main idea behind Flipper Zero is to combine all the research and penetration hardware tools that you could need on the go in a single case. Out of the box, Flipper Zero is filled with features and skills, but it's open source and customizable so you can extend its functionality in whatever way you like along with the community. And the specs are really quite amazing. So included in it, you have open source firmware, so you can modify things, load your own plugins and whatnot. U2F security token for second factor authentication, RFID card reader and emulator, iButton reader and emulator, sub one gigahertz transceiver, so you can use it as a radio remote, a bad USB, basically it can... Uh, emulate a keyboard and type stuff in when physically plugged into the computer. 
general purpose I.O. ports, so it can be extended with modules, or you can do whatever hardware hacking projects you want there, and an IR transceiver. And I'll just read through a few of these little highlights they go. The sub-1 gigahertz radio uh, can deal with digital signals from 300 to 928 megahertz. This is the operating range for a wide class of devices and access control systems, including garage door remotes, boom barriers, IoT sensors, and keyless entry systems. It can emulate remotes for most of these systems. It has a customizable radio platform. You can write any wireless application like custom protocol or decoder, as well as use it for connecting with IoT devices and access systems. It has a signal analyzer, so you can analyze the signal and try to decode the protocol used under the hood for an unknown device. 125 kilohertz RFID, it can read the EM4100 and HID prox cards, save them to memory, and emulate any of the saved cards by choosing one from a menu. You can also emulate the card by entering its ID manually. It has I button contact keys. Flipper can easily read the keys, save IDs into memory, write IDs to blank keys, and emulate the key itself. The same contact pad can be used to simulate keys from memory. Just place the flipper to the just place the flipper to the system reader, it says. It can act as a U2F security token, which can be used for second factor authentication on Google, Twitter, Facebook, Dropbox, LastPass, Amazon, and others. It has an infrared transceiver, so you can use it as a universal remote and with most things that do IR-based communications. It has an infrared learning feature, so it can catch signals and save them to memory. It's completely open-source firmware, so you can go through its source code, you can modify it, you can add uh, plugins to enhance its capabilities. They promise an SDK for all platforms, Windows, Mac, and Linux. It is a hardware hacking tool as well because it has 12 built-in GPIO pins that are 5-volt tolerant with a 3.3-volt logic level and allow you to connect it to any piece of hardware while running your own code, controlling it with buttons, and printing debug messages to the LCD display. They can also be used to extend its functionality with plug-in modules. It has a bad USB mode, so you can write your own keyboard payloads. It will plug into a computer and be identified as a keyboard, at which point it can enter any predetermined script or series of keystrokes. They had stretch goals, and if they reached 300,000, they were going to uh, design and build in a Bluetooth module. They were going to do a NFC module. And both of those have obviously been met with the 3.8 million. Their current goal is to, once this closes out, to get started on finishing up some of the development stuff and production. And they should be shipping somewhere in February of 2021 is their current goal. Okay, before we get to the rest of the news and giveaways, I'd like to take a quick break and say thank you to everyone that contributed to this episode and to everyone that has left encouraging comments and sent messages saying that they appreciate what I'm doing. It really makes it all worthwhile, and I just want to thank everybody for that. Executive producers for this episode are our Patreon subscribers. We have Meddler, Pandafrog, and Michael Gilchrist. 
Thank you, Michael, for joining up. Content producers for this episode. We have Redheaded Lockpicker, Starry Lock, Anarchy One, Keyless Entry, The Bone in the Box, Sunseb, and Cherell. Links to all of their YouTube channels will be in the show notes because they all have them. Please check out their channels, and if you don't already subscribe and support them, please support them just like they've been supporting this show. This podcast is only possible because of the support provided by the community. So if you value the podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, whatever you have that's lock sport or lock related. You can send that to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other contact methods listed in the show notes. Or you can find a full list of how to contact me at support.thelocksportscast.com. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform or comments and a thumbs up on YouTube that helps discoverability. Or you can subscribe on Patreon or donate via PayPal. All right, in community news, since we had so many stories this week of lockpicking criminals, I thought it was well-timed that the not-so-civil engineer put out a video called Do Burglars Pick Locks? He says, have you ever wondered how many burglaries are due to lockpicking? Well, I crunched the numbers. And he did. He went through the research and the stats and crunched the numbers, and he figured out approximately what percentage of burglaries are due to lockpicking. And he's talking residential burglaries in his particular thing. How does this apply to your door? And hint, it's a small percentage. But surprisingly, it's actually more than I would have suspected before I started collecting stories for this podcast and stuff. But it's still a very small number. So it's a really good video. You should go check it out. Again, like everything else, link will be in the show notes. And then on the Lockpickers United YouTube channel, Culper Woodhill has started a series over there called Through the Belts. And I'll just read what he sent me here. We have a new LPU YouTube series called Through the Belts where I host anyone and everyone picking locks white belt through black belt monthly. We are requesting that anyone interested email unitedlockpickers at gmail.com with the title of the email through the belts. And that is not case sensitive. So just make sure you have through the belts in there. Our goal is to shed some light for everyone in the LPU community. Hope this helps. And the description on the first video that he released is... This is LPU's new series, Through the Belts. Here we will discover LPU lockpickers from all walks of life and from all over the world, picking locks for each belt rank. It is our goal to motivate and foster lockpicking within our community. You don't have to have the best of equipment to pick a lock, and we will make it our goal to showcase your accomplishments. Have fun picking. We'll support you and be safe. And then Packlock USA has been active on Twitter and Reddit and Instagram. And one of the things that they posted, this was from the Packlock USA account on the subreddit. Should we list a PL410 Pro on Amazon that is unwelded so it can be gutted? Maybe only hard biddings too? Lockspartition TM? I'll have a link to that thread in the show notes, but I'll just highlight some of the stuff that came up. Uh, there were a bunch of people that had concerns that non-lock sporters would order them by mistake and then end up leaving bad reviews and doing returns because they didn't expect a lock that would fall apart. 
in the pack prez replied from his account oh boy see what happens when i don't keep my eye on the marketing team they're even crazier at trying to make the customer happy than i am many of you hit on a key point no matter how hard we try to explain to people that the item will be unwelded a bunch of people will buy them and complain so how about this if any of you would like your locks unwelded just throw the order in send us a message through amazon is fine or via our sales at packlock.com email address and give us your amazon order id and tell us that you'd like us to not weld your pack lock we should be able to manage that okay just keep in mind that right now we pretty much guarantee we'll ship our amazon orders in two days or less and we're pushing ourselves to drop that down to one day ship time yes that's even with custom king or whatever so if you delay in reaching out to us there's a chance we'll have processed built and shipped your order that's the basic procedure i'll link that thread in the show notes but you can get your pl410 pros in a guttable form and then somebody replied here hell yeah just please list it on amazon ca too been wanting some pack locks up here in the lock desert and the pack prez responded to that saying we will trouble is going to be that weird custom stuff like this unwelded capability will be tricky to have on Am in amazon's fulfillment centers so we're looking to attack this in two ways put our ucs product line in the fulfillment centers because the cores and the padlocks are sold separately and we'll put things like lotto up there as they are most likely sold as kd but all the other stuff will need to be shipped from los angeles and there we are working to figure out how to get the cheapest shipping and customs set up we can to where packlock pays for all of that order on amazon have it show up at your door direct from la without any other costs or hassle that's a decent sized task for us to figure out we'll work on it okay and the next story is going to be a little too late for everybody listening to this i just wanted to highlight it because it shows that they're working with the community again it, they only ran it for basically a week and it missed my i didn't catch it before my last episode so it's not going to make it in time for you to do anything in this one because it ends on the 24th which is the day this is released but they said it's tester time again we're randomly giving away five of our new hitch receiver padlocks watch our video then sign up using our google form to be entered we'll announce the winners on august 24th and basically it wasn't actually random that was a slight misstatement there and pack press corrected it later they're looking for testers with specific types of hitches different sizes and different types to be beta testers for their new hitch lock and give them some feedback and go from there so they can finish up the design and it just shows how well they work with the community and value our input and that's important all right and on to the main topic i apologize this is a little short there is surprisingly little information actually out there on women in lock sport but this was inspired by uh, starry locks recent video on his new giveaway women in lock sport he says let's celebrate women in lock sport hashtag women in lock sport g-a-w and he's having a giveaway with that hashtag it's limited to women or girls in lock sport you have to make a video go see his video for specifics on what the video must contain and it ends on september 18th and he's got quite a few prizes in there so 
And from my research here, so far, the competition is limited because I really was having a hard time finding active women in the YouTube community. So I thought I'd highlight a few women in Locksport, and we'll start with the YouTube community. And this is just a list that I was able to come up with, and I didn't get any new ones via a post I put on the Locksport subreddit. But we have Cherokee, Just a Picky Girl, Pocket Women, Lockpickings Gal, and then for the younger generation, up-and-coming ones here, we have Missy Lockpicker, who's Culper Woodhill's six-year-old daughter, who just recently earned her white belt and has her own YouTube channel under that name. We have Big Sister Picker, which is his older daughter. She does not have a YouTube channel yet. And then Dusty and Wendy's daughter, Tiny Picker, can be found by going into his channel. And if anybody knows of any others, please... Let me know, and I will catch them in the next episode. I really would like to get support to as many of them as we can. I think we need to have a more balanced lock support community. And then uh, Sunseb shared with me, just coincidentally, a segment on Josh Gates Tonight was about lock support. Christine Bachman from Lock Sport Extreme showed the host pin tumbler picking. He learned to SPP uh, some progressive locks from two to four pins. Then he did some raking on a deadbolt and a kick cylinder that were installed in a mock door setup. And um, she went over at the beginning the two cardinal rules of lock sport, and then she instructed him. And it and it's a well produced segment. It's it's cut up and edited pretty aggressively, so it's hard to tell exactly what all she went over, what, how much time she spent with him, stuff like that. But she did get him able to open a generic deadbolt and kick cylinder. They did leave with the impression that picking is easier than it is. I don't think they had any security pins in the locks he was picking. So they came up with the, uh, the conclusion that it is very easy, which I think is a little deceptive because most locks aren't quite that easy but if you head over to lockpickextreme.com you can watch the actual segment they have it highlighted on the web page on the main page if you scroll down just a little bit and while you're there you can check out their uh, women in lock sport interview series on their blog just scroll down on their main page a little farther and you'll find those they have interviewed several women in lock sport i think there's three or four one of those being Christina Palmer. And she has several writings on the elvencraft.com lock sport reference page there. So about she talks about picks and making pick design and stuff like that. Really interesting stuff. So you can go over there and check that out. I will try to remember to put that in the show notes because I hadn't thought of that till just now. And then somebody sent me links to Multipick's new pick collection offerings and they're four new lock pick sets from multi-pick they are definitely flagged as new on their site and they're christina palmer's designs so i will have links to those in the show notes in case anybody's interested in picking up some of her design sets and last but not least um we all know how inaccurate lock picking tends to be portrayed in tv and movies well, the one movie that I can think of that actually did a realistic portrayal of lockpicking 
happens to be one of my favorite movies, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And in that, you see Linda Hamilton's character actually bending a paperclip and picking the lock on the restraining harness on her and then using paper clips to pick a door and doing it properly. She's got one as a tension wrench and one as a rake. And the story is that she actually learned to pick the locks and she actually was able to pick both those locks. And I was just going to play a clip, quick clip from the commentary that was posted on YouTube. Linda Linda actually was able to pick this lock as well. Uh, I remember in England they didn't they wanted us to cut the scene out of the film because they they didn't want us to show uh, show actual lock picking a plausible method for doing it. And it appears that if you live in the UK, you might not have seen her pick the door. You probably saw her pick the harness, but not the door. The scene made it into the UK cinematic cut of T two, but. The BBFC was having none of it when it came to the movie's home video release. It's reported that it was too realistic and they thought criminals could learn to pick locks by watching it. And uh, as a request here, if you know of any other women in Locksport or resources for women in Locksport, share them with me this week and I will get them in the next episode. I'd really like to, to continue this a little bit and get some more out there, but by the time I picked up on this subject, I didn't have a whole lot of time to research this week, so please share those with me and I will get them out there. And on to giveaways. This week we uh, continue with Starry Lock. He is still doing the hashtag Shoutout Monday series where he highlights a new channel with less than 100 subscribers and tries to incentivize people to subscribe to those channels by having a monthly giveaway for a Law Lock Tools gift certificate. But pay attention also to Pocket Woman's channel. Go over there and check her out because she has been doing some of the Shout Out Monday video series too. And those are included in the giveaway. So make sure to check her channel out as well. Keyless Entry is still running his 250 subscriber giveaway. The rules are you have to be a subscriber. You have to be active in the Locksport community. And he has to know of you. You have to use the hashtag KeylessEntry250 in your video title. And you're going to want to head over and watch the video on his channel because there's a bonus entry for guessing how many Z-bars are in a container that he holds up there. It's open worldwide. It'll run till the 3rd of September. And there are two entry categories, one for beginner, one for advanced. So please head over to his channel and check that out. And I'm still running my Pack Lock a Month giveaway through Charles Buildscrap and the Lock Sportscast. You can find all the rules in the show notes or at giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. Basics are, if you share stories with me that I can use on the podcast, I will give you an entry for each one. It doesn't matter if somebody else has already shared it. I give credit to anybody who shares the story that I use in the podcast. You can also share the podcast with others online. And I will give you an entry for that as long as you tag me in it or make sure that I know about it in some way. So do that. But I'm asking people to not really do it on the Facebook groups right now or the Discord channels because there were several of those done and I don't want to be responsible for spamming those. 
Remember, this podcast needs your support. You can support the podcast by sending me any information that you have that's LockSport related. Even if you don't think it's important or somebody else has sent it, send it anyway. A lot of people think that and I don't get the information because everybody thinks somebody else will send it. You can share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting app or leave a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube. You can subscribe via Patreon or donate via PayPal. If you support the show in some way, I will give you a producer credit and mention you on the podcast. If you have a YouTube channel or something else that you'd like me to highlight, be sure to leave that in the... Leave me a link and I will put that in the show notes. Thank you.